0: Welcome to SMX Insider Extra, Jason Wygant and Jason Thomas here. We're going to break down the upcoming Monster Energy FIM Motocross of Nations, which is the Olympics of motocross or the World Team Championships, a totally different type of race than anything we see throughout the year. But that uniqueness is part of what makes this so spectacular to watch. JT, you'll actually be in the television broadcast booth as the analyst alongside Paul Malin. You've experienced this race in person many times. There isn't anything quite the same as nation versus nation as opposed to what we're used to every weekend, which is athlete versus athlete.
1: Yeah, it's unique. Uh, The team aspect of it, you know, country versus country, the moving around of the event from not only country to country, but continent to continent. uh, There's really nothing like this race. Um, It just has so many different aspects. Two fifties racing against four fifties throughout the weekend, the drop score. Yeah. And yeah. Coming off the back of USA winning in 2022, which they hadn't done in in a a decade, right, which is unprecedented for Team USA. It's really setting up to be a great event, and I'm really looking forward to, to heading to France to watch it.
0: So in this extra episode of our show, we'll give you some of the basics and then drill down a little deeper. The race takes place over the weekend of October 6th, 7th, and 8th this year in France. The French team has probably been the most successful in recent history, and the crowd, it's unbelievable. You were at the race the last time they held it at this track in Ernay. It's pretty wild how nuts these fans get.
1: Yeah, especially after, you know, we defeated the French team on home soil. So they're not going to take that lightly. They're going to come out in full force there in northern France. And the scene last time I documented, I, I think I had my phone out videoing the crowd and the atmosphere most of the weekend because it was so... Incredible! Uh, the outpouring of emotion and patriotism by every country. You know, that track is built, it's, it's almost like a stadium setting. It's, it's built into a bowl where the, the fans are just across the countryside. And it just sets up so nicely. So hopefully the weather holds out. If so, I think it's going to be, you know, just an incredible event. Win, lose, or draw for Team USA. It's going to be a spectacle to behold.
0: Okay, so again, October 8th is the main race day. They'll have introductions on Friday the 6th, qualifying race in the 7th. Sunday the 8th is where the championship be handed out. Each country sends three riders to the event, one 250 rider and two 450 riders, and each rider races two times over the course of three motos. That gives you six finishes, and then each team gets to drop their worst score. So that makes the math very, very complicated. And kind of like our SMX finale, often leads the win to be in doubt right down to the final laps of the event, which just adds to the excitement. So our 30-second board topics in the show, we're going to analyze some of the top teams coming into this. Although we also want to look back at last year when Team USA won. Like you said, JT, it had been over a decade since they had. The three riders that won the race for Team USA last year are not going to be on the team this year, which we'll get into in a moment. But that victory last year was like the giant exhale. Finally, finally. And whether they win this year, to have just gotten that one on home soil,
1: that was so key. It was it was a decade of frustration uh, and and, but I truly feel like it was the first time in a long time we had our best possible team we had I and what I believe to be the best three riders across both classes show up and they got the job done and, and we we actually had dinner that night after the race we we had a glass of champagne together and celebrated not that we had really accomplished anything but to watch the effort put in by everybody and to get it done at Redbud in America, it was just one of those moments where you'll never forget it. And uh, yeah, I, was, I just was very, very excited for Team USA because I'd watched all of the heartbreak and, and just the difficulties that they had suffered through for years. We'll get to this year's Team
0: USA in a bit, but I think honestly, if you had a power ranking coming into this, They're not at the top this year. Team France on home soil, and they're always good at this event no matter what. But they have three really strong riders on Team France this year. Tom Viel, who is familiar to American fans, returning to this event for his team, Maxime Renault, who (laughs) trivia, he actually did finish ahead of Jet Lawrence in a 450 moto last year of this event. Maxime Renault of France could say, I'm the only guy who has beaten uh, Jet Lawrence in a motocross race on a 450 ever. And Roman febra has been unbelievable in the second half of the MXGP campaign. So combine that talent with a home race, look out.
1: Yeah, they're gonna be really difficult to contend with. Uh, Maxime Renault proved on a world stage that he could do it. He's a former MX2 world champ. You have Tom Bial on the 250, who is a two-time MX2 world champion. And then Roman febra multi-time champion in both classes. And he comes in on the backside of a incredible 2023 campaign that saw him finish runner-up in the championship, so I know they're highly, highly motivated. Uh, I don't think that country, with the success they've had, takes losing lightly, and this just sets up perfectly for them. They have three of the best riders they have to offer going into their home race, and good luck to everybody else beating them. I think they have to be the favorite on paper. Doesn't mean a lot, necessarily, in this race, but yes, I think they have the best odds.
0: Yes, but there is a Jet Lawrence sighting at this event. And to think of all the accolades that Jet has already had the 250 Supercross title, the perfect season in 450 Pro Motocross, and the SMX World Championship, to think that there's another box that he can check. So, Team Australia has never won this event. You're going to have Jet and Hunter Lawrence, and then Dean Ferris, a veteran of that squad who's gone in and out of racing in Europe and America, and then back to Australia this year. That's a really strong squad. And I think even though the fans in Europe got to see Jet Lawrence grow up racing in the EMX series, which is the theater series for MXGP, they haven't seen this Jet Lawrence. It's going to be wild. These fans, I'm sure they want to see this firsthand so badly.
1: Yeah, I've been thinking that Australia was the sneaky underdog favorite. And I don't even know if that makes logical sense. But I thought they could come in and run away with this thing. The real question mark I have now is, Hunter Lawrence's health, is he going to be 100% or even close or even able to ride? There's so many questions surrounding his health on the backside of that crash at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum to finish the season. I truly don't know anymore because we know Jet will be Jet. He's gonna be phenomenal. Dean Ferris has a history of doing very, very well at this event. He has a lot of experience globally, so he'll be just fine, but they need that really strong MX2 score From hunter lawrence and and historians of this event will tell you the mx2 score is typically the tipping point if you have a great score in the mx2 class it's really hard to overcome because it's usually the weakest link so we'll see how that plays out but it's certainly thrown australia's team into a little bit of doubt
0: now we put team spain on this list it's kind of odd in motocross terms spain does not have a very rich history of success if you switch to road racing It's unbelievable what they've accomplished. It feels like 50% of MotoGP are Spaniards. But recently, really starting to take the reins. First of all, you have Jorge Prado, who is the new MXGP world champion. And Ruben Fernandez, not a slouch either. So I think the question for Spain, the top end is great. Can their third rider do enough J2? Or maybe that won't even matter. Do you think Spain could win this event?
1: They do have a chance. This is certainly the best team they've had in a very, very long time, maybe ever. Uh, They have the current and reigning uh, MXGP World Champion, Jorge Prado, and and he has a chance to put ones on the board. I I think the most interesting aspect of their team is they chose to put Prado in the MX Open class, which is strategy. I I think they're trying to, I don't want to say dodge, but avoid, let's say. Jet Lawrence, and maybe that gives them a one in one of their scores that they can really count on. Fernandez has really shown up in the MXGP class. He's a, he's a force, he's a podium contender guy. And I think to to exactly what you said, the real question will be in that MX2 class, can David brazeras really show up? He's had flashes of brilliance, but on that stage, having to race against 450s, which really changes the game because you almost guarantee yourself a 4 start. it's gonna be difficult to pass, and you're gonna be racing against caliber of competition that you're not used to racing against. So that's the question for me, that if he shows up and has a good day or at least one solid moto, you could see Spain rocketing up the leaderboard.
0: We'll run out some other challengers here. Now, Team Netherlands has been very strong in this event as of late, but unfortunately, Jeffrey Hurlings is out again with injury, which has happened more often than not. They have depth though, that's the thing. The Dutch team, and we'll get to Belgium in a moment, they always have depth. So they still have a shot at it. You've got Glenn Koldenhoff, who's been a hero of this event before. Uh, young Kay Wolf and Calvin Vlanderen, who was heartbreak at this event and then also helped the team win this event before. So they don't have hurlings, but they still have three capable riders there, the Dutch or the Netherlands.
1: They do. Uh, Kay Wolf has really stepped forward in the MX2 class this year. He is a race winning caliber rider. Blandern has a lot of experience. He was on that team that won in Assen in the sand. He knows exactly what to do in these moments. And Coldenhoff is the Wiley veteran who's been a part of several winning teams. So uh, I wouldn't count them out. I don't think on paper they have the most powerful team, but this is a team that knows how to win in the right scenario. And it wouldn't be the Motocross of Nations if at some point, We're not talking about the Dutch are going to win this thing. It just seems like it's been that way at some point of every motocross nation Sunday for a decade.
0: Yeah. And uh, it's this way on every Sunday, pretty much anytime the motocross the nations has taken place, like over the course of 70 years, there's been a chance that the Belgian team could win this thing. And they have a pretty solid team, but a younger team than usual. There have been so many veteran riders for the Belgian squad. It's pretty much all newcomers. This time you've got Yago Geertz, MX2 rider will move to a 450 again, like he did last year. Uh, 16-year-old Lucas Kunin and Liam Everts, also an MX2 rider, also having to jump up to a 450. So it is a very young Belgian squad, but they just seem to know. It's like you're born with MXON in your veins if you're a Belgian rider.
1: Yeah, to me, this is the most boom or bust team of the real contenders. Uh, we have no idea what it's going to look like with Liam Everts on a 450. Lucas Kunin could win MX2 or he could DNF both motos and I would shrug my shoulders at both results. That's just who he is as a rider. He's so young and so explosive, but he takes a lot of risk on the racetrack. Um, so we, we just don't know. And then Yago, he was so incredibly impressive last year at Red on a 450, but then he also lost the MX2 World Championship because he couldn't stay on two wheels for most of the season. So again, nothing would surprise me with them if they got 15th, or if they were on the podium, both of them would make sense.
0: Yeah, you have a team with three 250 riders and two of them having to jump onto four fifty. So we'll see how that goes. A couple other teams to mention here, almost from an individual standpoint, Tim Geyser, who was last year's MXGP World Champ, missed most of this year with injury. He's really been strong as of late, finally getting back to health. I don't think the Slovenian team is a contender to win the event, but Geyser is gonna be a force individually in the motos. And i was about to say the same thing about ken roxon in germany but actually jt you're making the argument don't count germany out altogether as a team
1: yeah uh, simone langenfelder is an absolute threat in the mx2 class i think he can do just fine uh, roxon is on the best form we've seen roxon on in quite a while so he should be great and i think he wants to prove a point on the world stage too he's been on a mission to prove a point to everyone so why would this be any different Uh, The real question for me is Tom Cock, right? Many people won't know who he is. He's gonna be an unfamiliar name to many tuning into the broadcast, but this is a rider who's been around a long time. He has a lot of MXGP experience, and I think he could be the rider that's the hero on Sunday. He may only need one really strong result, right? If if Ken Roxon and Simone Langenfelder do their job, and Tom could get one good start and have a ride similar to what Dennis Ulrich did for Germany years ago, he could be a hero and they could be carrying him out of there like Rudy, uh, but it's just gonna be one of those guys where maybe it, maybe it never happens, but I could see some people scratching their heads and going, how the heck is Germany in play here to be on the podium?
0: I think everybody at this point is saying to themselves, what about, what about Team USA? Well, let's explain. Of the three riders that won this race for America last year, Eli Tomac out with injury, Chase Sexton is switching teams, so he's not available, and Justin Cooper, scheduled his wedding around being available for this race, but then the date of the race changed right into his wedding, so Justin Cooper is out as well. It has been a mess trying to get this team together, to put it lightly. JT, I don't think I'm saying anything wild there, but we end up with RJ Hampshire on a 450, Aaron Plessinger on a 450, and in the uh, MX2 class, it was all over the place, and then eventually Christian Craig put up his hand, so they moved Hampshire back to a 250, and Craig onto a 450. I don't know where to classify this American team. I know they want it bad though. So points for that.
1: Yeah, if someone needs to write a documentary on how this team came to be, and if somehow some way they could find a way to win again, uh, then make it a major motion picture. Because uh, this is, you know, I don't know that we'll ever get all of the details, but I heard, I don't know, 20 different iterations of what this team would look like. At one point, we were likely not going. That was the last word I heard is I don't think we're going to field a team in 2023. But thankfully, Cooler has prevailed. We were able to put a team together. And it's going to be interesting because on paper, I understand it. It's not the best team we could field just on a, on a statistic scale. But I think these riders are very motivated. They want to be there and they feel slighted. From the comments that have been hurled in their direction and that's a that's a big motivator on one day all you need is one great day where you ride your best and anything is possible so i don't know how it's going to go it's going to be interesting but i will take a team that is motivated and truly wants to be there versus maybe a better team on paper that is kind of ho-hum about the entire event
0: yeah the one point i always want to make there's so much on the line but it all takes place in one day and you have to have three riders all avoid bad luck injury bike problems you can never win this race on paper just go race you never know JT often luck decides this more than who's the fastest right
1: yeah this is uh the most chaotic race as far as a ever-changing environment it is so fluid all the way throughout the day and if you think you know you're gonna you know who's gonna win after moto one it's probably your first time watching this event uh so no matter what, I think we have a ton of parity. I don't think there's any team that just can't be beaten, which is great. Um, I think it's gonna be a very, very chaotic remoto format.
0: Yeah, and that chaos throughout the day is part of what makes this event so compelling. And that's why Team USA still has a shot no matter who they put into competition. But let's get a little analysis on how this team came to be and what their strategy is to try to succeed. Mike Pelletier from the AMA is a massive part of the Team USA operation. So Let's chat with him. Okay, big interview time, motocross the nation style, and we have our director of racing for the AMA, Mike Pelletier with us. Is there a sense of relief that you finally just got a team done and everything's booked and I mean the racing should be the high profile, high pressure part, but I almost feel like this year, Mike, just
2: getting there alone will be a relief. This one wasn't easy, as everybody knows and it took us a little bit to figure this one out, which as you all know, you know, puts us behind logistically a little bit. Uh, coming out with this late of an announcement but what keeps us going or what keeps me going is the rider's attitude and, and the willingness to go and wanting to be there and hey we leave next week and it's time
1: yeah can you just give us a little bit of a snapshot i know there's you know some delicate things there and, and private conversations that are had both people wanting to go and then others that have prior engagements or needing time off and their reluctance can you just give us a snapshot of what that process looks like from your end
2: Yeah, we start really early Roger and I and we start talking about the team, you know, we try to get a few motocross results in before we start uh, trying to hammer out some negotiations with teams and riders and as we started that probably around just before Redbud, I'd say, you know, this year was unique because we are going a little longer with SMX, um, but really the determining factor was everyone switching teams. There was a lot of guys changing colors this year. Uh, It's important to have not only rider support, but team support as well. So that all comes in the factors. And as we kept going, you know, the the date kept getting closer and negotiations kept happening. And finally, we could land on uh, three awesome riders. And I'm I'm really excited to go and and compete over there against the world.
1: Yeah, I know just from the outside and and you talk to people and you're always trying to guess at who's going to be the team. And I I think I probably had five or six times where I'm like, you know what? This is the team. This is how it's going to go. How many times on your end were you sure like you're leaving a race week and you're like you know what this is going to be the team and then monday something significant changes and has all these ripple effects
2: it's true you're so right jt and and once one thing goes then it kind of triggers another one and that snowball effect starts happening and we had some some guys lined up and not lined up and you know finally we got to these three and 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 i couldn't be more excited and i always joke about it i think aaron used to come in during a one and he's like hey you thinking about the team yet you know and it's around one in january and He's wanted to go every year, and it's awesome. RJ's been the same, you know. Post riders meetings a few times. He's come in eating breakfast during the morning and Pro Motocross. He's like, "Hey, where are we at with this team?" So, you know, it takes it takes a lot of team effort to do. But patriotic, I would say these guys are absolutely that. And then Christian, you know, Christian's been riding. I think Christian's going to surprise a lot of people over there, and he's excited. Uh, and I think you know, he obviously there's no doubt he wanted to go last year. Uh, so to make up the have him come this year is great. RJ, uh, a lot of people didn't realize in 2021, we didn't send a team due to COVID, but he was selected on that team as well. Uh, so, this gives a good opportunity for these guys to come over and, and fight for the USA.
0: When we start seeing the trend here where you can't get everybody you want on the team originally, I think then people start thinking big picture do they not care about the event? Uh are they not have pride? Are they not patriotic? Do you think this is a one year? Yes, it was difficult to get. Uh, the first choices we had on the team and field a team at all. Is this a one-year thing? Or do you think there's something internally or externally that needs to be done to make this process easier? Or is this
2: just 2023? I I truly believe this was 2023. I think this is, the the rider interest was higher than ever Uh, as defending champions, you know, with the one, two, three plates. Just with those switching of the teams and and the long season, no one knew what to expect with SMX at first. I think this is really just a 2023 issue. Um, I think 2024 will be rolling again for sure and then this team the results they're capable of like you said they're probably
0: better than people realize we haven't seen christian craig ride for months but he has been riding we just haven't seen it publicly yeah how do you frame it i know for 12 years it's been if you don't win it is a loss team usa has to win or it's disaster do you still look at it that way a podium's good you'd still expect to win how are you framing what you hope to get out of this upcoming weekend
2: yeah, I think a, a win at all costs, like it always is every year, you know, we don't want to go over there for a podium or, you know, a win is what we're obviously after. Motocross the Nation is so unique that it takes a little bit of, it obviously takes talent from the riders, which we have. Uh, we're not worried about that. It takes a little bit of luck, takes a little bit of pride. You know, as soon as you start putting a team atmosphere out there, it's not just our country that has to put it all together, but all the other ones too. You know, all year long these guys are battling each other and then for this one weekend we say hey can you guys uh, be teammates for a second and, and work on strategy and, and all of that and it's it's tough but it's that's what makes it great. But actually on that level
0: aren't these three probably the best equipped for that? I mean they all ride together at Baker's Factory. They're essentially teammates
2: under the KTM Husky umbrella. Wouldn't it be easier this year? It really is. I mean they, they get along great. Uh, we were all joking before the press conference when we announced it and and their attitude's great. They've been riding together. They talk together. You know, it's you couldn't ask for more unity right now to these three guys moving into next week for sure. And that that's a huge benefit. Okay. So this is not a we're going to go. This is we're going to win. That is the goal like any other year. Yep. Absolutely. Maybe the hardest part is done. Now they just have to race. So for this year, that seems like that might be the easy part. For sure. And I, I like to joke with the guys, you know, you can call us an underdog and we'll take that with one, two, three plates. Let let's go. Let's go see what we can do
0: nice absolutely okay we'll all be rooting for you good luck mike
2: thank you so that's it october 6th 7th and 8th
0: race day is actually the 8th jt you will be there as will a massive contingent of fans from around the world especially french fans hoping to see their team win but it's hard to separate the results from just the overall experience of being there but try to do your best jt try not to just completely have your weekend hitched to the wagons of team usa's result you've struggled with this before
1: no, it's okay. We got our win last year, so I can go in and just be completely relaxed, let it play out. If we win, amazing. If we don't, that's okay. Uh, have we not won in Redbud last year? All of that tension would still be there, and I would be on pins and needles already. Uh, but yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. It's such a cultural experience, such a just a melting pot where everybody loves one thing, and that is motocross. Uh, so how could you not want to be there?
0: And thanks for watching this SMX Extra previewing the Motocross of Nations for 2023.